Network Radio. This week's show is a journey into consciousness, working through the wonderful trance mediumship of Mick and Sylvie Avery, with wisdom brought through by spirit guide Gregory Hay. To find out more about their work, you can visit www.spirit-teaching.com. So a very warm welcome to another show of Journeys into Consciousness, Gregory and the White Cloud Group. It's always an honour to have you back. Yes, thank you so very much, dear friend, for en- en- enabling this whole situation to be developed in this way. I thank you so very, very much. Okay, now you're more than welcome. More than welcome. Um, I've got a few questions to get through before we get going, and um, and then after that, I'll just sift through some other questions that I've kind of put together. So, without further ado, um, got a question here: um, If we are in the physical life for growth then why is growth so painful? And most of the time we get more pain emotionally. Yes, absolutely. A very good question, my dear friend. I have to say, you are not in the physical side of life for growth. That is a, a, um, not a fact at all. That is something that is put upon humankind in order to make human beings feel better about the pain they're in. Right. I guess the, the, the large body of literature... Um, all suggest that we're here to grow, and of then course. and then that other question is that if we're not here to grow, um, why do we come back at all? Indeed, who drew the shortest straw? My point, really, dear friend, is that spirit do not have to have physical life in order to grow or be anything. It is a choice of those of us on our side of life who have never had physical life to perhaps decide that uh, this is something that they would like to try. And that most simply what happens is that spirit entity decides to have a physical life and then joins with uh, upon the uh, the continuation, the mixture, the creating process of physical state at the point of inception, the spirit joins with that uh, material that then becomes human or that then becomes whatever it is, you see? So the point is that if you assimilate to certain points of view, if you hold true to a certain point of view that Perhaps if you were Buddhist, then you would think that all manner of beings is just, in a sense, a step to becoming human. And that uh, in many respects, the being that is uh, oftentimes thought of as worm or snail may well have been a human in a previous life. And then simply they're formed into that purely and simply because of the difficulties that they created in their physical journey. And so uh, similarly, of course, others would portray this kind of haphazard state of karmic voyage as being the, the reason why people come back as, and have a physical life as a person who is perhaps mentally deranged or, or mentally uh, abnormal or not normal to what the bulk of the population is. Or perhaps they have a physical impairment or some other kind of impairment. Many people point to the fact of there being this case for 
therefore karma uh, setting everything to right and being a uh, law unto itself as though creating some kind of, uh, of object of lesson. This is what you don't do uh, unless you want to be this in the next life. So my point really, friend, is that human beings, unfortunately, have a very, very mixed up emotions and points of view to do with the being that they truly are. And that is simply because many human beings do not understand where they came from, what their beautiful, pure spirit is. doesn't have to have a physical life. It's your choice. You don't have to in order to be a beautiful being because you're beautiful anyway. So the point is that most people suffer in physical life or have some kind of situation, torment or event because they, because they either attract someone else to do that to them or they simply don't have a mind to operate their physical life properly or maybe they're born in uh, dreadful, dire circumstances. Maybe they're born in a war and that in actual fact they only last a few days. Maybe they're, 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 they're people who actually uh, uh, are, are given very short life or, or very disagreeable, ugly life purely and simply because of the wills of others. This is nothing to do with karma except for the fact that it's the karma created by the person who perpetrates the illness or creation of death or mutilation or whatever it is upon the other physical being. And that, in a sense, creates its own karmic wheel because what happens is that being, when they return to our side of life, simply doesn't have access to the rest of it. They are held in a sort of a, a, a permanent, a per perpetual vegetative state or negative state, negative state until they are then uh, beginning to realign themselves and understanding what it was that they done, did and created in their past. Sure, okay. Yeah. I mean, with an entity that chooses to come into this life, um, obviously nobody wants to grow through pain, but you want to grow, I guess, as a spirit or so for experience because you want to learn new things and you, maybe you learn better experience it first, experiencing it firsthand rather than viewing someone else's holographic book, if you like. So it, it must be some kind of growth that happens, but not necessarily, it doesn't have to be painful. To grow, no, it, it doesn't have to be painful to grow. It doesn't have to be painful to uh, create access to understanding and to knowledge. It's not to say that all spirit have knowledge of everything before they even start. Otherwise, there wouldn't be any point in doing anything. The point is that whereby beings attract to one another are for many different causes and reasons. Many different situations unfold because of temperament, because of anxiety, because of the emotional uh, distress of it, or the emotional will of it. Uh, people will call one thing love, and other people will not have any dealings with the energy of love at all, and will actually feel completely uh, as though they are out of that loop completely. And that does not mean to say they, it makes them an, an interminable lesser being. That is simply human beings putting judgment upon others. The problem is that it's then held within the human state and life that you have to go through a difficult life in order to be beautiful. 
What rubbish is this? It just simply doesn't follow. Uh, you do not have to go through pain and torment in order to become a beautiful being. You're a beautiful being anyway. That's just an excuse of the matters of physical life. And to say that one person can suffer this, oh look, he's, he's, um, he's dying because he's been nailed to uh, a cross or some sticks of wood purely and simply, let's all applaud him because he's actually going through something beautiful. No, he's not. He's going through complete agony and it's not anything that's created wisdom. Thank you very much. In fact, it would be held for most people that if they were in a similar situation, they wouldn't call it wisdom either. It is a matter of how one person sees another person's life and point of view. You would understand, my dear friend, Mother Teresa herself did not go through interminable pain or torment in order to become a beautiful person. She was a beautiful person besides the fact that of her religious conviction. She was a beautiful person anyway. She didn't have to have the religion in order to nail it to her. She was already beautiful and already accepted her work among poor people and among people who did not have. That was what set her aside from everyone else. Sure, okay. With, um, you know, when we come into this life, yes. how much say as, in, as a pure, beautiful spirit do we have in choosing the body, the geographic location, the kind of circumstances that we want to be born into? You know, some, some souls are obviously in much harsher uh, conditions in yes. Pakistan, for, for instance, at the moment. Okay, um, others are in the in cushy places like the West, where they're kind of in a bubble where everything's very materialistic. I mean, yes. who? How much say do we get in where we go to experience life? Some beings, when they have a physical life, have choice about such matters. Others, in a sense, don't choose randomness but it is simply settled that way because there is no right or wrong reason as to why spirit should or should not have a state of physical journey. And in actual fact, if everything was preloaded in that way, then it, it would be, uh, in a sense, not something that could be overcome. In a sense, then the journey would already be allotted and typecast and, and written. So, therefore, the creation of that journey would simply be going through the motion and it wouldn't be a free will existence. What we have, in fact, in the main in the spirit world is that for many, many individuals, they have a kind of a, uh, not a pre-selection, but it's just something that I want to go and have a, a physical life experience and then they are gravitated toward a certain being not necessarily any prehistory or pre-recognition about that being, but sometimes there might be. You can never say never. There is situations which arise and evolve and are created purely and simply because of the attraction of one spirit and another. There are other situations where there is little attraction and or that the attraction itself is for a set of completely different and 
at this present time oblique reasons as to why that spirit may want to come and have a physical conscious journey. For example, like someone who actually doesn't end up being born, but simply skims the earth and returns to our side of life, or never actually manages to create physical life as that part of liaison and relationship. That's not to say that being then would be less, but is just equally just as beautiful. You cannot, however, forget that your entire existence as a beautiful spirit being is one which stretches over millions and millions of earth years, if you're looking at it in the rationale of earth physical linear time. So that means to say, in all of that reasoning and all of that collection of creation and manifestation, you are looking at both randomness and also alternate journeying to do with how that spirit is attracted to being able to understand further, in a sense, events, knowledge, uh, further energy, further interactions, which then can become a benefit to many, many others. That does not mean to say or take away from that beautiful, pure spirit and say that that spirit then could not have been beautiful and pure because it needed all of this extra energy and extra memory and extra understanding in order to understand itself. That's not the case at all. In fact, in truth of it, all spirit are absolutely pure. And really, if that being wants to have a, a structured event whereby they are attracted to a certain situation, union, certain uh, uh, service or certain kind of a way of bringing creation to some other facet of life, however that is regarded, then that is a situation of creativity, which all spirit are attracted to bring into themselves and for the benefit of others. The other question I wanted to ask really was, um, when you return back to spirit life, um, some yeah. people believe that you have a, a, some kind of judgment by either external beings or guides, where others believe it's more that you judge yourself. So you you yes. kind of create your own traps within your own mind and you are your own judge and jury. That's right. That is absolutely correct. You are. There is no one with a big stick. What you have to understand is that what your energy creates when you create something that's negative or harmful or distrustful or any of the other things that happen in physical life, when you attract to that energy or create that energy for someone else in some other being's life plan, then that means to say you are creating detriment to your own energy by doing so. That means that when you return to our side of life, in the fullness of time, perhaps not necessarily immediately as soon as you have passed, but possibly some situation which is arrived at in the dawning of memory, in the dawning of access to perhaps your conscious thoughts as a being. Imagine then, if you will, dear friend, that you were a being who was in the spirit world and you actually uh, didn't forget about the other beings that you harmed 
at a certain stage in your life, but because of the fact that you felt at the time that in your physical life that you were not maybe responsible for your actions, some may use that as an excuse to try to get around or, or um, relieve themselves of the obstacle of life problems or challenges that they have created during their journey. Others may just simply take it on the chin and say, I did wrong there and I'm really worried about it. And every time I remember about the fact that I used to pull legs off flies or whatever it was, you see, those kinds of little situations that people do as children, I wonder what happens if I do this, sometimes creates monumental situations and decisions that actually, uh, in a sense, when you get to them, you really don't want to go there. You don't want to, you don't want to remember it. So these kinds of situations and also the other negative bad ones that I was talking about, these in a sense come for this moments of understanding, not as I say with a being with a big stick to beat you over the head with or anything else. This is a matter of you understanding your own life and how you will come to this point and choice is a matter of, well, do you really want to stay where you are? Or do you want to have access to something else? For example, if you were a being who did any of these things, that would mean that you would never ever have the chance to talk to the flying whales as they move about the spirit world. You would not be able to have any kind of discourse with flowers or trees or any other being because of the negativity that you had created in your life and in your mind through the actions and deeds which had resulted to your lower energy. So this means to say that if you want recompense or reconciliation to do with this aspect of your journey, then what you actually have to do is to ask for forgiveness. And you have to understand how matters then must transpose in order for you to overcome these values of life. That means that if, for example, you as a child went out with your uh, uh, air gun and shot birds just for the sake of it, for the fun of it, then perhaps it will be that situation and decision will rightly be brought to you and all of those birds and beings that you shot just for your joy and enjoyment are there meeting you upon your passing. So if the situation then is a journey of symptoms of what you had done, then what you will need to do is understand that when all of these little birds and creatures that you had created to pass in your life are meeting with you, it's not in a sense to make you feel difficult, is so that you will actually apologize. And not only that, but you will understand more about your life inference so that you can become a better being. It's not there to hit you over the head with a big stick, but so that you understand the causal gestures of your way and how you can make recompense is by simply that, creating energy to enable those beings to also move on with their lives, not that they haven't, 
but that it will help you to grow in the process as a conscious being, having had a physical life and now presented in the spirit world. So that means that you will be able to overcome these energies of lesser state, which will then mean that you will gain access to other parts of the spirit world, which prior to this you would not have had access to because of the energy that you had created during your physical life. Basically through forgiveness and, and asking for that forgiveness and feeling it, it enhances your energy um, but allows yes. you to progress as a spiritual being. Yes, but that's not something that in a sense is false and it doesn't mean to say either that if you don't really feel it as a being or really want to uh, make these changes that you can just get away with it. It's not something that you just use all the mouth parts and, and say all the right words and intone the right kind of feeling and well that was easy wasn't it as you walk out the other door you see it's not like that at all you have to create genuine effect because otherwise it would be seen and that even for all of the great distressing of uh, the words that you use or the feeling or the love that you have for these other beings it has to be genuine in order for the translucence of it to become palatable and understanding for the beings that you created the harm to in the first place. So they would have to actually feel it and then they in turn would be relieved of that burden of energy that you had created for them in their life process. So that means that by the very facet of it you would have created the right path to change for your own spirit so that your conscious journey would not, in a sense, continue to uh, bring murky passages between yourself and your beautiful pure spirit. It would simply mean that your consciousness would then become enlivened and enlightened by your new motives and explanations and understanding of your true journey. That's why we always say, my dear friend, that whoever it is, if they take someone else's life, there are pathways and possibilities to recompense and reconciliation. They have to, like everyone else who takes another life, seek recompense and reconciliation for it. That means asking forgiveness of the being whose life they took. And that is not any mean feat. It's not any low order situation is something which obviously mattered a great deal to the being whose life you took. So the recompense and, reconcil uh, recompense and uh, 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 reconciliation has to be complete in order for that energy to then move on. That's the same as well as someone who was bullied or someone who was uh, uh, abused in some way during their physical life experience. So they may seek recompense and reconciliation in exactly the same way, but it's always at the behest, incidentally, of the being who was, first of all, the victim of the expression. So even if you have a being, for example, Big White Hunter, who took a lot of animals' lives, 
for the fun of it, then it will be that person will not have access to all of those beautiful parts of the realm of the spirit world or action that love that they really truly desire unless the beings whom they took lives of are given full recompense and reconciliation first. Okay. According to the um, the US government and BP, the, the oil spill's pretty much fixed now. The, they've capped it um, and it's all dissolved and disappeared and looks like everything's back to normal. Yes, not so, actually, because what in fact has happened is that they're not talking about the, the instrument, the instrumental chemicals which were used to disperse the oil in the first place. It would have been far better if they hadn't used them at all, because what uh, is being discovered now is that in actual fact there are various breeds of fishes, snapper and various other fishes, which in fact are uh, completely uh, uh, toxic cannot be eaten by human beings and that it is possible that this will last for up to five years or more. Okay. It's quite yeah. possible that this would be the case because of the fact that the Gulf uh, itself, the whole sea area, is in fact like a pond and at times there are small amounts of, of flow of water going into it uh, uh, through via the uh, Jamaican region and all of that and then it comes around and then flows out again out of the top of it, uh, which then becomes, of course, the Gulf Stream, which comes back to uh, the country of Britain and then returns once again. Mm. So what you have is, in fact, a situation whereby all of the chemicals that were created there actually will take a long time to dissipate. And that is the problem. I agree that the oil itself, and because of the warmth of the water, is in fact dissipating quite quickly. It w but I say it would have been much better if they had not been allowed to use the dispersants at all. And what they should have done is just simply to have let allowed nature to wrap the process up. Mm. Okay, I um, just want to move on to some more questions now. Um, yes, yes. Someone's wrote, written in and said that uh, when people such as Richard Donkins, uh, who's a, I think he's a scientist on, on our side of the life that's extremely sceptical, um, he they're saying people such as Richard Donkins and other and other states, everything we experience is due to our brains and we are just gene machines. Would Gregory say to someone such as Dawkins to convince them we are not deluded by thinking ourselves eternal? Also, with reference to Dolly the sheep, where does the soul or something artificially created come in? Has Gregory told us yet what chemtrails really are? Um, you may have missed this. So basically, the first question there, anyway, okay, is: um, Are we just gene machines? Yes, yes, Mr. Dawkins. Yes. <laughs> well, now, so the situation is, dear friend, that uh, that is a point of view, and that's looking at it from a chemical point of view, like a a situation of a, a biological being, which is really just a series of chemicals having a physical experience. And if you take that as being that is the physio that is the physiology of what you experience 
the biology of it, that's absolutely true. Absolutely true. Yes. But what I'm saying here is that in actual fact, coupled with that biological unit, which runs on chemicals and various different gases, you actually have the association which is to do with spirit. And that is something not saying that, so forget that the uh, many people will say, oh, well, the weight, the soul has weight because when a person dies, then it, it the weight changes by a few grams or whatever, or by half a pound. But actually, that is not the weight of the soul. That's just simply the explanation and the different changes of gases and chemical reaction that continues to take place after the person has passed. That simply means that it's something that's ongoing. So if you do not drink water or breathe in air, you will lose weight. So my point really is that in the respect of then how uh, uh, people like uh, one or other learned professors will want to stipulate that uh, there is nothing else other than this being a physical carbon unit, that is simply because they have not the wish, will, or whim to want to carry out any form of uh, scientific experiments to make the contrary statement. There is no money in it. There is no uh, uh, financial gain or remuneration for it. So for some people, they will play uh, a trump card as that in making the philosophy that everything else is just is just hot air in a sense. I understand perhaps that there are many different religious connotations to this that many people try to uh, uh, assimilate that their religious understanding is how it all works. The problem is that human beings have to come to understand there is evidence, there's plenty of evidence of the understanding of spirit being alive and being a part of the human physical life, yes, but also part of water, part of air, part of, of the physical earth, part of every single being that has life and also that live outside of that whole situation. So I feel, my dear friend, that the whole uh, uh, part of this really needs to be uh, tempered into how one professor or another have to come to understand that just because their own science doesn't accommodate it, doesn't make it not so. And that is one of the first situations that most scientists fall foul of, and that's to think that they are completely right. Because in actual fact, the science of the universe is far more expansive than they think it is. So moving on to the second part of the question, which, yes. is, which is with reference to a cloned sheep or a cloned cow. Yes, uh, yes. As what's been happening lately. You know, yes. what happens to, you know, where does the soul come from? Well, Mistress Dolly then. Okay. Mistress Dolly had uh, not that a happy time, in actual fact. Even though she was cloned and a little strange, her energy and her spirit was that of sheep. So that means to say that her spirit, after she had had her shortened physical life, returned to the soul group of sheep. 
and goats and other beings that had similar ilk, similar cloven feet, similar thoughts and feelings. So that means to say that at the point of conception, at the point of where dual cells, no matter whether they are put together in a petri dish or whether they are put together in the normal and uh, physical way of the apparatus that it befits that particular species or species group. However that is manifest, spirit will still perform the coupling from our side of life, from the dimension of the spirit world, to your side of life, regardless of what form of life that is, regardless of what nature it is. Some people have written that clones are soulless. That's not true. That is simply rubbish. It's not true. The point is that you are then, so that would mean then that you would be able to do anything that you can that you would feel like doing to that animal because it has no soul. I, I feel that is a sad reflection then upon that mind to feel that. In actual fact, uh, all beings, regardless of whether you call them uh, enlightened or, or um, advanced or whatever, all beings feel pain. All beings feel uh, a sense of loss Oftentimes, when they are understanding the processes of one-on-one, -on -one, that is then beings who have an alternate mind and are then able to grow in their perception of themselves. So that means then that these beings have more attributable spirit to create different nurturing experiences within their given life and within their soul group from which they have come. So that means to say then all beings that are horses, for example, and all of the different uh, social and species related indications of that mean that all of those beings have a spiritual journey. All of them have a certain kind of uh, uh, physical journey too. They feel pain, they, they feel emotion, they feel understanding, they feel love and, and energy toward other beings, and they bring energy to other beings. There is nothing different from a horse, particularly, to yourselves. Same with a whale, same with a dolphin, same with a swan, same with many other beings who think laterally, who can think beyond one-on-one, who can think beyond the understanding of just eat or be eaten. And even then, the eat or be eaten can become uh, beings who demonstrate loving kindness to one another. Even bugs on a leaf can do that. Okay, right. Um, and then I guess the, the last part of the question is um, to do with the chemtrails. You know, are they, with, with there's a aircraft leave like a vapor trail in the sky, and there's a lot of theories that um, uh, you know, people are spraying things either to reflect sunlight back into space or to poison people. I don't know. Yes, uh, I do understand this. There has been a lot of uh, incidents which are very difficult to explain, whereby particularly over America, but also happening in Europe and China 
uh, I understand, have been doing a great deal of this. Uh, experiments to do with weather patterns, using chemicals uh, uh, really within the fuel of airplanes uh, of, for various reasons. Whether these are actually uh, uh, aircraft which are uh, military or whether aircraft that are in actual fact, um, how you say, um, uh, that are uh, used in a commercial way, which are uh, then not necessarily, it may be that they don't realize that that's what's taking place. Uh, and so it will be uh, that different situations certainly are affecting different people. There are a great many problematic situations that are occurring at this present time, particularly with the environment in which actually paint point point uh, uh, wholeheartedly toward uh, the situation of uh, airplane usage for spreading chemicals of different forms. I'm not going to make specific mm. warrants to do with this. Yes. Okay. I mean, there, there are certain theories. Some are saying that it's to do with uh, global warming and they're trying to ref reflect sunlight. Others are saying that they want to you know make people ill you know stuff like that and there's obviously um big denial over it and lots of people have drawn conclusions got photos and evidence of it um yes again, absolutely and and particularly yeah. my dear fendian uh, uh, to do with animal mutilations and and various different mutilations of crops and uh, uh, water sources and that kind of situation which are in fact extremely injurious however with the water source situation it's usually down to water uh, uh, industry situations, calamities, uh, putting the wrong chemicals in, putting wrong amounts of chemicals into the water supply and not actually owning up to it and that kind of thing, mm. denying responsibility. Yeah. Okay. A great deal of that, you see. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, lot, there's a lot going on at the moment on planet Earth. I mean, yes, this is. week, uh, it's almost like we had massive denial earlier in the year uh, of global warming and um, to do with the the climate gate thing but now it seems pretty evident i think anyway at least that something is going on with climate with the climate we've got uh the heat wave in russia you've got okay. yeah china and pakistan north korea those countries having severe floods aren't they and uh and also extreme cold down in places like brazil where they're having snow and stuff like that so there's lots yes, of yes yes yeah, yes. bizarre. Yes, absolutely so. But the, but the point is that you will have more and more erratic behavior because of the climate situation. Unfortunately, human beings have really failed in this regard to understand just what it means if you, if you add something or take something away from a, an ecosystem uh, then it actually takes a long time to recover or it ta takes a long time for it to alter course in exactly the same way, for example, that uh, the different carbons that were created around the time of the end of the dinosaurs and how all of that came about, uh, which was um, a really calamitous situation and it took a great many years for the Earth to recover from it. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's, there's too many... Um, it's interest groups that uh, make a lot of money, you know. Then they're kind of like, other the sort of the, the 
the, the energy companies, aren't they? Yes, you yes. They make an awful lot of money and they pay different scientists to back up their theories. And yes, so, that's right. So you never get the truth, do you? That's right. And then I know really, really good people who are completely convinced that global warming is a scam. And, you know, there's scientific evidence that backs it up. And so they're rightly on the side that it's a scam. So, you know, even good people are being lied to and put on the wrong side of the fence. Really. Yes, that's Yes. Yeah, so it's difficult for people, really. It's not like we all need to wake up. It's like we're all being lied to by different people that have got their own agendas. So it's very, yeah. very, very hard for people to realise what's going on. Yes, that is very true. Yeah. That is very true. All that you can do as a people is really to understand, take each thing as it comes, and you have to make try to make a balanced judgment from the uh, from the information that you have don't take the information from just simply one point of view particularly when dealing with environmental issues you have to look at every single aspect of it in order to really gain the right kind of picture uh, from what is happening from the events taking place mm, yeah i mean for me looking at the what's going on with the weather at the moment it's everything's just happening all of a sudden it, you know, and unfortunately, yet a lot of the big sites, you know, like the mainstream media sites, don't join the dots together and say, oh, this is global warming. They just show, here's China, massive floods, here's Pakistan, here's Russia. But they don't actually release an article that says, you know, why are all these events happening now? Yes. They're yes. Not, they choose not to. That's they choose why. not to, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so the bigger picture's not being put out there, you know. Anyway, moving on to the next question... Uh, someone has been, has been taught that the primary purpose of healing is to touch the soul. Would Gregory kindly, kindly explain this? When people seek spiritual healing, is it for physical pain or mental anguish that they are aware of? Or does their soul also have a say in bringing them for healing? Interesting. And there's some, there's some more parts to this question, but I'll just... Yes, one, one moment then. Yeah. So... so uh, to begin with, then, the, the essence of it is that healing itself is mainly to do with, uh, in the first instance, situations to do with pain or situations to do with uh, anguish, mental anguish, or different kinds of torment that a being may be going through. These may be to do with anguishes, to do with uh, their life journey, uh, journey, their plan, their uh, what's going on with them in their lives at this present time, and how they're going to overcome the embattled state that they find themselves in. In re many respects, if you were to say that you were giving healing to someone who was going to pass, then you would be giving healing to that person so that their spirit would become more aligned or enliven their consciousness to their spirit, you see? So that uh, the healing energy would then enliven that person to understand uh, perhaps more about their ulterior side of themselves and the, the way in which the beauty that they may see in life, even as they pass, can surpass everything else in their physical conscious life. And also, of course, by bringing about healing, you're also bringing about evidence as they feel and respond to the journey that other people have made on their behalf 
perhaps to do, it may well be that they're having remote healing. So it's not actually a hands-on experience, but what they actually have is an illumination pathway of this beautiful energy that comes to visit with them. And they may not have ever had healing before. So that's obviously something of great giving, a blessing to that person. Uh, and obviously, even if that person has never, ever had healing before, as I say, they may not even uh, agree or understand anything to do with spirit. doesn't mean to say that they should not be given healing. Okay. I mean, is the purpose of giving healing to, if you want to heal the soul, for instance, um, when people seek spiritual healing, is it for physical pain or mental anguish? Or does their soul have a say in bringing them for healing? And it's got, is the purpose of giving healing to the soul to educate, to heal? Why is an earthly being helpful in this process when yes. the healing so, for a soul is, I assume, spirit to spirit? Yes, yes, quite so. Well, that is quite true. Uh, healing of the spirit is spirit to spirit. The soul, what really is the soul, is the ma is the matter of the configuration of the journey that's what your soul is so that for example um, if you create a great emotive journey if you have beautiful thoughts and you create more beautiful thoughts if you were born with an ugliest mind on the planet and then you created beautiful thoughts from that ugly mind you would have a beautiful soul you see that's not what your spirit is your soul is in a sense, the creative taxi that then enables you to have different experiences in the spirit world and reach a different kind of destination. So that's, uh, that dispels that part of it. Now, so the situation then of uh, the other part of the journey, if you are giving healing spirit to spirit, then obviously it's not something that will necessarily touch the physical side of life it's quite possible that it doesn't. And it may well be that the person that you're giving healing with to actually says, I can't feel anything. Don't be despondent. Don't think, oh, it's not working or anything like that. The point is that when you are giving healing to someone in that way, as long as they have asked for healing, then that is what you're giving them. It doesn't matter whether they can feel it or not because that's on a physical level. And the reason why you are giving healing on a physical level to someone is because they are on a physical level. If you are giving healing to someone on a physical level because you feel their soul or their spirit is, is endangered or that there's something wrong with their soul or their spirit, then I'm afraid you're batting on the wrong wicket. Because there is nothing wrong with anyone's spirit. Their spirit is beautiful. Absolutely. There may be something wrong with the person and their conscious mind, the conscious setting, the way that they think, the way that they act, the way that they attract negativity to them, or the way that they create negativity. That may be an indication that there's something wrong with them, but that's nothing to do with their beautiful, pure spirit. That's to do with the actions of mind and interpretation chemical reaction, adhesion to their environment, and the way that they have then interpreted their life or environment, or the way in which, in fact, other beings have reacted with them. That's outside of their knowledge, outside of their pathway, or outside of their, um, how can I say this, how they want to be. Now, when, when mediums sit in a circle, and you have various different mediums there, 
why is it they don't all pick up on the same energies? Um, some will pick up an entity um, and others will pick up on something completely different but they don't all pick up on the same being or some beings come in and they they kind of overrule and overpower other entities that are there and, and so I suppose the second part of the question is the, the entities that come in and override the other entities are they higher vibrational beings or are they beings that might that don't actually adhere to free will and so come in to block yes absolutely they may well think that they are all powerful and therefore they they just take over the whole event and therefore you have ego don't you that little devil ego and then there are different situations when uh, human beings sit in a circle together and some feel or sense one thing and others don't at all, but feel or sense something completely different, that is simply the difference between different beings. That's what difference is. And that simply comes about because of perhaps that they are at different places in their development, not levels, just different places. It may well be that their energy, not collectively, but individually, is harnessed in a different way. It may be that one has uh, uh, drunk too much coffee before they have sat and therefore their, uh, their energy is deflected by the chemical reaction to the coffee that they've just drunk. It may well be that they actually had something else, perhaps that had a lot of oil in it. Uh, maybe they had fish and chips or something like that. And that was something that actually upset their chemistry so much that they couldn't concentrate on anything particularly very much. So that what happened was that they really struggled with their energy during the sitting. Other people will, when they come into a circle group, because they've been chattering like chatterboxes from the moment that they arrived to everyone and sundry, then they won't actually be able to do anything within the circle group. Yeah. And that what will happen is that their energy will just be fractious and dissipate. And that then they'll actually potentially, it may well be that that person will just pluck things from the ether. That what they're actually uh, feeling or sensing or saying isn't anything to do with spirit at all. You see? So there are many different situations that evolve and that's just a tiny crumb of what is possible. So there are many different situations which evolve by which if you ran an experiment, you would have to, uh, to try to, uh, let's say it was an experiment to try to define what an energy is, you would be there for weeks and weeks and weeks just trying to get a balance right, partly because of ego, partly because of different people's energies and the way that they feel that particular day, the lifetime pattern experience that they're moving through in their journey. Whatever else is affecting their journey at that time or the number of biscuits they've eaten or, or cups of tea or whatever else it is that's created different uh, above ordinary uh, harmonics within their chemistry. And then simply what's happening is that whatever creation they have mapped out, their 
uh, sensitivity and their schematic mind will actually focus upon something that's completely different and not the seeking of above ordinary harmony, the harmony of the room, the harmony of the presence. So if you have, for example, then, Fendi, in a circle that sits regularly and that has been sitting for three or four years or whatever, you begin to have situations of similarity that crop up. Not just because it's a circle that sits together regularly, but because the energy is right. Because the differences between the different people, the values have been understood by the group and there may well be others in the spirit world who are actually orchestrating other events and situations around the group because the energy harmony has been, in a sense, stabilized by the group themselves. They've done away with their egos. They have done away with all of their misbegotten deeds of the physical side of life and don't chatter away like chatterboxes as soon as they arrive, but just simply sit in the peace and harmony and are happy to be in the presence of spirit. Yeah, I think that takes um, a real friendship, doesn't it, where you can sit in silence with people without having to um, enter into small talk. Almost yes. like in a relationship with somebody, you know, you don't Absolutely. feel like you've got to... Yes. Yes, that's right. And really, the chit-chat and all of that should take place afterward, over the cup of tea and biscuits, you see? Yeah. When you're replenishing your energy, when you're rebuilding the sugar that you may have used during the sitting. And that's a, a, a simple fact. So I would suggest to all people that the best way to stabilize an environment, none of the chit-chat beforehand, just agree, nod to the people that you have to meet in your circle environment, don't say a word and be respectful to the occasion and to spirit. And then you will begin upon the road of a more perfect uh, adherence to uh, a greater harmony field, therefore to encourage the greater energy to take place. Okay. All right. Well, I think we are on the hour now. So thank you yes. very much. Thank you again, Gregory and the White Cloud Group. Um, yes. It's always a pleasure. And... You know, uh, hopefully people will write in with more questions. Been keeping me very busy at the moment. The inbox has been quite full, so do feel free to post any questions. And um, we'll see you next time. Thank you very, very much, my dear friend Ian Jones. Thank you so. With love and light, blessings to all. Thank you so. God bless. If you would like to book your own personal reading with Gregory to find out about your own soul journey, then please visit the graphic banner underneath the show, or visit www.spirit-teaching.com